G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. My guest on the line today is Ben Campbell. He's the CEO and Mobilisation Officer of African Enterprise Australasia. And we're going to be uh, taking phone calls shortly. Uh, We'll be opening the talkback lines shortly, so get ready to call through. Uh, But we also do have a Facebook post. You can interact with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash vision radio. And you'll see a great story there about Ethiopia's evangelical prime minister who's won the Nobel Peace Prize. And we're asking the question there, do you know any African Christians? And what can we learn from what God is doing among African Christians? We'd love to get your feedback there at facebook.com forward slash vision radio, or you can call through shortly when we open the phone lines. And it's my privilege to welcome uh, Ben Campbell onto the show today. How are you, mate? G'day, Matt. It's a pleasure to be on uh, and to be speaking with your listeners today. Thanks very much. Now, buddy, for those who haven't heard about African Enterprise, tell us all about it. Great. Well, African Enterprise has been going for 60 years, believe it or not. Uh, In Africa, it's one of the largest evangelical uh, groups in Africa and quite well known over there. Uh, Its heart is about evangelizing the cities of Africa in word and deed in partnership with the church. Um, And there's many forms of that, but that's what we're all about. Uh, We've got offices in 10 different countries, mostly in sub-Saharan Africa, a bit on the west and some in the east. And we have a little bit of work that goes up, a little bit undercover in the north. Now, I first heard about African Enterprise when I first started History Makers, the radio show that I host, about 12 or 13 years ago. And I interviewed Stephen Lungu, who was then, I think, the CEO of, of African Enterprise. Yeah. And he is, you know, one of those guys with those, one of those amazing testimonies. Mm, um, right. Some of our listeners may have heard of Stephen before, and I know he's been on 2020 with Neil Johnson as well. Yeah. Um, for those who haven't heard of Stephen's story, do you want to just give us a quick snapshot of, uh, of uh, his testimony? Yeah, it's, it's tremendous. I actually uh, came across Stephen before I was, was involved with African Enterprise. He wrote a book called Out of the Black Shadows. Um, and at the heart of it was a young man who was like on the streets at a very young age, um, fending for himself, got involved with uh, um, like a guerrilla type of organization um, and was anti-Christian. And in his, uh, at one point in time when he was going in there to basically firebomb a church, uh, he heard the sermon uh, in from inside, drew closer and drew closer. And then suddenly uh, God just convicted his heart. He went up. <laughs> dropped all the bombs, um, <laughs> accepted Christ into his life right there and then, and has been a huge uh, advocate for the Great Commission in Africa ever since. Wow, what an amazing story. It is. A terrorist about to blow up a church who hears the message and comes to Christ and decides not to blow up the church, thankfully. <laughs> that's right, thankfully. And oh. that's really what African Enterprise is, is, is very much about. It's, it's, it's people having a personal encounter with God in the streets in, uh, within Africa, and that's the sort of thing that can change, change person, uh, person instantaneously, just like that. Now, mate, we've got the question at Facebook today, do you know any African Christians? What can we learn from them? And I was just sharing on air before that I've you know, met so many African pastors and I've got some Africans in my church 
Man, they just worship, they just dance, they just know the Word of God, they, they pray in faith, they're so yeah. strong. Yeah. Um, I think us Aussies can learn from African Christians. What are your thoughts on that, mate? Yeah, uh, look, um, there is definitely um, an amazing um, vibe, if you like, uh, in an African church, and it's, it feels quite odd actually coming back into Australia and <laughs> seeing everyone standing very, very still um, and worshipping with their heart and soul. And, you know, the worship remains the same, and that's just wonderful. But yes, um, I guess the form of worship uh, in Africa is, is very, like they all move mm. and, uh, it's, and there's a lot of dance involved, um, there's a lot of singing uh, and you just can't help yourself but move. Uh, so yeah, it, it is, I think when people see a gospel band and they can see um, Africans um, worshipping in their own community, in their own language, you can really get a sense of that. Yeah, we, yeah. we had a, an African service a while back and and the uh, the African worship team that we had did that song, Cast Your Burdens Onto yeah. Jesus, He Cares. <laughs> hi, hi, lift up Jesus. And, they're all, and the whole church is dancing, yeah. jumping. And yeah. uh, I thought, man, we need to get some, some more of that fire that these African believers have. I mean, the fruit of the spirits in so many different ways, and, and people will worship God in so many different ways. But, yeah, the, we can certainly learn something from our African brothers yes. and sisters. Absolutely. Now, let's uh, talk a bit about um, Australia and Africa. Uh, yeah. So Australia's perception toward Africa and the African diaspora toward their own people in their homeland. What's, what's, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, look, it's, um, it, when I first got involved uh, with AE, it was around four years ago. And, and I think that with the common perception, I think it still exists today, is that, that Africa um, is, uh, well, firstly, it seems to be one country, uh, but it's actually made up of, I think it's 54 different countries. Um, and... And also that uh, you tend to think of it as quite rural, but within uh, the cities of Africa, you, you know, it might surprise a lot of people. You have quite a modern infrastructure. It may not be as modern, or it is not as modern as, as say, Australia and the rest, other countries, Western, Western countries. But nonetheless, there is a vibrant city environment that's there, um, typical kind of city place with offices and, and all the rest. Um, so I think it's, it's important for someone in my type of role or people who have been involved with Africa, just, I guess, to, to share with Australians about what Africa's really like, um, the different cultures, different languages, uh, different types of challenges. Um, yes, there is poverty. Uh, yes, there is um, a whole lot of social ills. Uh, but there's also a lot to um, know that's positive about Africa, especially in, the urban, uh, in those urban areas. I mean, there's, there's a lot of challenges to get through, and that's why we're there bringing the Word of God into the streets of Africa. Uh, but nonetheless, it's probably not as dire as what some people would, would think. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, and then coming back to the diaspora of uh, Africans uh, towards their own people, I do tend to see that they really love the type of work that we do here. They really have a heart of um, people in Australia who are really reaching out to make a difference in the lives of, of people in Africa. They know how hard it is. Um, so African communities are here, no matter what uh, country or nationality they are, they do tend to really reach out and support their own communities and families back home. Uh, but there is a, quite a strong connection between African enterprise uh, and the wider African community in Australia as well. And, you know, I, I've just been thinking of, of all the different African pastors I've spoken to over the years, and I know that, you know, here at the radio station we've had the Watoto Children's Choir a number oh, yeah. of times, yeah. uh, the Manguaza Children's Choir. Um, I, I heard a great preacher earlier this year from 
uh, Nairobi Chapel. Uh, yeah. Oscar Miriu, amazing man of God, planted hundreds and hundreds of churches, you know. And, uh, you know, th- there is a real connection there between is. Australia and Africa. There is. And uh, there's a lot of African Australians that are recognising their own contribution here in Australia and the involvement of African enterprises. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it, one of the great privileges, uh, again, of being uh, with African enterprises, I do see a bit of that. And there are celebrating African-Australian awards that take place. Um, there's ones in Sydney, and one of the largest ones I saw was in Perth only just a few months ago. Uh, and it's really quite extraordinary. Uh, it'll be um, a, you know, a, a venue such as a, a ballroom that'll be just absolutely packed out with uh, people of uh, African origin, dressed beautifully um, in traditional dress, um, and celebrating their achievements within Australian society uh, to make a difference, whether it be sort of workplace-related or socially-related. Um, so there's a real sense that the community needs to get together um, and really, um, I guess, celebrate the difference that they're making within the Australian community. So I think it's really good for no- people to know that uh, the African community that I've seen, um, they really are wanting to make a difference here and give a, you know, make a real go of it uh, while they're here. Yep, that is absolutely awesome. And, you know, when you, when you think about... Uh you know, the Africans in Australia, there's also, uh, I know, a lot of uh, South Sudanese uh, yeah. people here in Australia. You've got a great story to share with us about that? Well, that's right. I've met a, a, a fascinating uh, pastor, um, Santino, who uh, he's been here. He came as a refugee um, when the war uh, was, was on between uh, Sudan and uh, within Sudan. Subsequently, the country divided and, and South Sudan became its own, you know, sort of the newest country in the world. And he still has that heart to go back um, and, I guess, to share what he's learnt uh, within Australia, um, the, the pastoral knowledge he's got, the training, the education he's got, and share that with people in some of the most remote, impoverished and difficult, most challenged areas in the, in the north of South Sudan. Uh, so Santina goes over there, and he's going over in uh, December to train uh, people in good theology, and he's hoping those 150 people go on and train other people in their churches as well. Um, there's types of stories, um, he said, the experience of, of war, losing his parents. Um, it's just awful that no one really here can really understand. Uh, so they carry that with them, but at the same time, it's really great to see that you know he's going back to his homeland to help them uh, make a difference as well. And, you know, when you look at the, uh, the poverty in Africa, um, you know, you, you hear about some of the slums there, you hear about some of the, the horrific, um, you know, poverty, extreme poverty you see there. Um, just give us a bit of a snapshot, you know, what, what's the state of poverty in, in places like Uganda, for example? Yeah, uh, we had a mission in Kampala last year. Uh, we went into a, a slum area there um, and... A large part of what African Enterprise does, firstly, is we have a, a cleaning of the city process. And that's really to indicate that Jesus will come and clean the hearts of people, their hearts and minds. So we do it in a physical way before we go out and proclaim the word uh, to all levels of society. Um, and that initial start is to go up and clean an area. And in that area of uh, Kampala, there was like a, a, a green area, it's probably the only green area that the kids would have had a chance to, to play on. So we organised government services to come and um, you know, take away all the rubbish that we'd all packed up. And people from the slum community came out and helped. Um, and I, there was one guy there who was intoxicated with something, but he had a real heart to say what was on his mind. You know, he said, I'm a, a graduate, I've got no employment opportunities, I've got no contacts in the government, and I'll live 
in this slum and there's no there's nothing to do i've got to support uh there's a there's a widow there who's got uh, three children she lives in this tiny three by three um room that was stuck between two buildings within the slum area and he invited me to go along and see that um so you walk your way down through um basically dirt and rubbish um and you see i guess the state um, of the environment and you can see when I went and visited uh, this widow's home and I saw up on the wall, she just loved God. She had posters up on the wall um, and you could see that in her heart, despite her poverty, she's really reaching out to the Lord to, um, you know, to, uh, I guess, transform her life. So you have this incredible faith that's sitting in the middle of just absolute hopelessness. Um, and so I guess what we aim to do is to see Africans empowered to make a difference mm. themselves, you know, just to walk alongside them. Um, what this, uh, this guy was telling me when he uh, introduced me to the various people in the slum was he said that it's very hard for them to even to stand up and go and clean up things themselves. He said it's, it's kind of not really accepted. So when an organization such as African Enterprise comes along and organizes the government services and um, gets everybody mobilized, um, there's no differences anymore. We've all got one unified aim and that is to clean things up make a better place for children and give them a sense of what they can do to change their own environment for the better of their own community mm. jonathan from perth how are you jonathan yeah how are you good mate you're from nigeria no i'm from liberia well, liberia nice to hear from your brother yeah uh, you know uh while his brother was talking is uh you know when we came to Perth in the uh living way church in Carnegie. yep uh, we saw the difference when they are worshiping Jola. Uh, just as excuse for me to say Jola in the graveyard. All of them fold their hands. All of them dignity. They don't bow down. They don't worship. They don't put us there. So when we came, we started worshiping. Uh, then they saw the difference. There are a lot of resistance used to be there. They were not willing to really listen to our way of worshiping and really give their life to God. You know, we the African when we go to church, even though no matter what we are going through, we come to our father, we dance before him, we are the children. So, but when I came, it was really different. But now the church is moving now. Most of them, I see even and Kidon City, when I went there, I saw the difference in Australia. They are now really getting the spirit of worshiping God. So Wonderful. Thank you so much. Ben, are you there, mate? Yes, I am. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, it's just, just great to hear, uh, as Jonathan was saying, that uh, you know, just put, uh, you put the challenges in, in behind you and then just, just worship God. Mm. And however the Holy Spirit chooses to express that through you, um, and you know, it just happens to be through, through dance and movements uh, and great, great rejoicing. It's certainly... You know, African style of worship, it, you don't have a chance to get on your mobile phone and mm. check Facebook or anything like that. You just, there's, no, there's no chance. Like, mm. you are fully in the moment and enjoying it. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's just great to hear. That is uh, awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. And we've got uh, Jason from Sydney. How are you, mate? Yes, good day. Uh, you hear me now? Yes, I've got you, brother. What would you like to chat about? Oh, good stuff here. Yeah. I've, I've been a, a scripture teacher, religious education teacher for 16 years. And uh, at the... Over the past several years, I've uh, had a family of, uh, with six kids uh, from Tanzania and the three kids uh, who I'm teaching uh, over the past couple of years. I tell you, they, sometimes they'll finish a Bible lesson for me. Sometimes uh, I have to 
politely say, you know, <laughs> can you know we let the other kids catch up first, please? Um, but they're just so enthusiastic, and I, I found out after the third kid uh, this year came through the family uh, into our scripture group, I just said, well, you know the Bible backwards, you know. I said, uh, uh, sometimes I feel like I should let you get up and do the, the lesson for the day. I said, how do, you, uh, how do you know the Bible so well at the age of seven or eight years of age? And the little girl said, well, we're up at 5 a.m. with Grandpa. Uh, we do a Bible study every morning. Oh. And I'm like, well, uh, I know there are some Aussie families who do that, obviously, as well. But 5 o'clock in the morning, when I was eight years old, man, if you wanted to get me out of bed, oh, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just amazed, and I'm inspired um, by some of them, how um, how excited they are. Now, as, as I say, there are other kids as well, but it, um, it was once said that uh, we used to send out uh, missionaries overseas. Well, obviously, uh, we weren't sending enough, and God has sent missionaries to us, or something of that sort. But um, I've got seven, eight, nine-year-old missionaries uh, from a Tanzanian family, mm. and it's just very encouraging and inspiring as a scripture teacher to uh, to hear um, their stories and be in, encouraged by them um, at such a young age. Ben, what are your thoughts on that, mate? Yeah, that, that's just just great to hear. Uh, so yeah, Tanzania it, it has its own challenges. So there's a real problem with witchcraft, uh, particularly up in the north, um, and you know it, it it's a real struggle. Um, so. Um, there's there's people there who are just holding on to Christ with all their hope, and I think that's uh, that's what you're hearing um, through you know this you know this call you know this this great enthusiasm, this belief because there's nothing really else to hang, hang on to except God. Wonderful, uh, Jason. Thank you so much for your call, mate. Thank you for your time. And, and mate, before you go, can yeah. I just say as a young boy, you know, grade one and two, I remember going to scripture classes as a young fella. And uh, there was a guy named Dave Boylan and Gene Marr were my scripture teachers as a young fella. And they taught me God's word at a young age, which is one of the reasons I'm in ministry today. Uh, I really want to honor you for what you're doing, teaching the word to our students, mate. It's uh, You never know who you're going to impact, hey? Well, I'm into that. Glory be to God, mate. They, they, they couldn't pay me enough. I, I'm honored and humbled. Uh, and I say that uh, with no false modesty. I, I really am feeling privileged, especially in Sydney town, to uh, to have half an hour uh, with a couple of classes each week. So uh, mm. thank you. Thank you for your encouragement. Awesome. Good on you, mate. Thanks for your call. God bless. And you too, sir. Bye now. And if you'd like to join the conversation, call now 1-800-316-316. Our guest is Ben Campbell, the CEO of African Enterprise Australasia. And, uh, mate, we've got a couple of minutes before the news. Uh, I just thought I'd just get you to share a, a quick uh, snippet. You know, this... Ethiopia's Evangelical Prime Minister winning the Nobel Peace Prize. Mm. Uh, what an incredible story, hey, Ben. Do you just want to unpack that a bit for us? It is, it is absolutely incredible. I mean, there's been a war going on uh, with Eritrea for any number of years, 40, 60 years. Um, a lot of problems with um, uh, extremists coming through from Yemen, through Eritrea into Ethiopia. And so um, I think that's been part of the problem. But incredibly, um, this... This new uh, prime minister, who's I think his dad's a Muslim and his mom's a Christian, he chose uh, to follow the Christian faith. Um, so he he understands, I guess, the the religious divide as well. But he's chosen to uh, follow Christ and to bring forgiveness and love into the country, and mm. it's just extraordinary. It's a country that's never been colonised. It's a country that uh, really respects their pastors, um, and it's 
and we've got to keep praying for him as well because there are a lot of people who have vested interests that don't want to see him in power as as is the case in many other parts of, of Africa. So um, just tremendous for the people of Ethiopia that they don't have to fight another war and they can concentrate on, on being good citizens. Mm. And if you think about Ethiopia as well, it's surrounded by uh, countries that are very challenged. Um, you know, there's a lot of religious divides and mm. uh, extremism. You've got Somalia uh, towards the, the, the east and Sudan, um, South Sudan. Um, so it is a real launching pad in, in our belief for mm. Christianity right across the, to some of the more extreme areas uh, of Africa. Absolutely. It's uh, great to have Ben with us on the line today. And you can call through on 1-800-316-316. And we've got Emma from Port Ferry. How are you, Emma? I'm all right. How are you, Matt? Very good. I've got Ben on the line. You've got a question or a comment for Ben? Yeah. Hi, Ben. This is Emma from from Port Ferry. Hi, Emma. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm going fine. It's great to talk to you. Uh, Hey, Ben, I was just wondering, uh, what kind of... Um, job do you do over there with those people? Because I was just actually curious, that's all. The the key job that we do is unite churches to get together in urban evangelism. Um, yeah. And so we prepare a year in advance. We talk to the event, evangelical congregations. We find out who the qualified pastors are. We train them up um, on evangelism. Um, we unite them, and then we go out on a citywide mission through word and deed. So it usually takes uh, between seven to ten days uh and Unreal. then well it's it's amazing so it'd be usually a minimum of 80 to 100 churches really involved. good to do that oh it's great you would know, love to see the same in australia i guess at some point as well but it's it's like that and then the churches coordinate uh, all the decision cards that come through from people who've accepted christ uh and then follow them up and so that's a big process we we go through in Making it's the duty of care towards new believers, uh, making certain that they're well discipled in a, in a new church. So that's a large part of what we do, and it's Africans running it themselves. So here in Australia, we're supporting them, uh, giving them a hand up, and helping them out. Oh, um, hey Ben. Also, I want to ask you one more question before I go. Is go ahead. Yeah. Um, how many people over there? How many altogether? In the continent, I think it's about 1.2 billion people. It's huge. Uh, it's a massive a continent. It's bigger than Australia. If you, if you get the, if you look at the map of Africa and put Australia over the top of it, we get absorbed inside there, and it's, it's difficult to see when you see the usual world map. But it's it's enormous. Uh, there's a lot of people. But the average age is actually very young too. In some parts of northern Africa, particularly, the average age of a whole country is around 15 to 16 years old. The devastation of war and disease um, has um, has killed off many of the older people, uh, and yeah. massive amounts of young people who are looking for direction and hope, um, and that's part of what we do, and what Australians can offer Africa as well. We have a great, beautiful land here. We've got amazing people uh, who can make a huge difference just through praying, uh, supporting, um, and then helping uh, people to get you know stand up on their own feet and just bring. Christ as the centre, we know that's what's going to change uh, all the different countries in Africa. You know what? I reckon they'll be all right because they've got the Lord with them now and the Lord's got their hands on them, so they'll be fine. Well, with the Lord, uh, the Lord is, makes everything possible. That's right. So we keep having faith and hope and trust uh, in Christ, and that's certainly what drives us on, you know, 60 years yeah. of African enterprise. We really oh, believe I thank that you Christ very will, much for that. Yeah. Yeah, well, for the welcome. answer, what I've been 
thinking about it, and I thought I'd do is ask you that question, that's all. Yeah, thank you, Emma. God bless you. God bless you too. Thanks, Emma. If you'd like to call through, phone lines are open now, 1-800-316-316. Our guest is Ben Campbell, the CEO of African Enterprise Australasia. Maybe you've got a question or comment about missions in Africa. Uh, maybe you've uh, you've you know got some friends, or, or if there is any African believers out there that would love to call through, we'd love to hear from you. Call now, 1-800-316-316. Now, Ben, let's turn our attention towards evangelism. You know, uh, evangelism in Australia and evangelism in Africa have some similarities, but a lot of differences as well. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, uh, thanks, Matt. I mean, it's worth asking the question, what does successful evangelism look like uh, in Australia? Uh, and many of us have been part of churches that have um, distributed leaflets around their neighbourhood for the you know Christmas services. It's absolutely fantastic, and people have you know got out there and done the challenging thing, which is knocking on a stranger's door and, and, and inviting them to, to church. A lot of people have that experience. But beyond that, what else is there? Um, is it inviting our relatives and friends to come by? Is it a particular service? Is it a baptism that we invite our non-Christian family or friends to come along and participate and hear the, the message? I think it's a question just worth asking. Um, there's a lot of investment in time that evangelical churches um, put into this. Um, and the return, I guess you'd have to ask those churches, I guess the the reflection that it'd be worth just asking listeners to think about is is around the scale of evangelism in Africa and the openness to the gospel. Um, so I think one of the, I guess, the distinctions is that the government um, are generally quite supportive of um, the Christian faith. I mean, there are some countries in sub-Saharan Africa that have restricted some of the worship services a bit more. Uh, in Rwanda, that's uh, it's been happening a bit more lately. Uh, but if you think about it, um, evangelism in Africa and the work that we do is actually uniting people from different denominations together, churches from different denominations. You've got people coming together from different regions within Africa being hosted by believers within that particular city where the mission's going to take place. Um, feeding um, volunteers and then going out on street-to-street, door-to-door evangelism, uh, leadership uh, dinners and and lunches and even right up to the presidential-style prayer breakfast. Um, The outreach is really quite extraordinary. The openness to the gospel, the openness to spiritual things and to the gospel um, is really quite extraordinary. So, I mean, I think there's a lot that we can learn here in Australia as well um, about the uh, how we might do evangelism, uh, the scale of evangelism, how we can unite churches together, how we can be proud of our Christian heritage and we can do a lot more. Uh, but it's also worth just praying and supporting uh, the process of the Great Commission in, in Africa as well because of that openness to the gospel and the challenges that they face, uh, particularly from the north with different religious views. Well, we're chatting with Ben Campbell, the CEO of African Enterprise Australasia, and we've got another 15 minutes before Focus on the Family. If you'd like to call, now is the time, 1-800-316-316. We're talking all things Africa today. Maybe you've got some African believers in your church, or maybe if there's any African brothers and sisters that would like to call, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Call now, 1-800-316-316. Getting some great comments coming in at Facebook as well. Uh, Sue says, my husband and I run a charity and go every year to Kenya. We love their church services with their amazing worship, but you should 
uh, see the look on the Aussie faces of the team members that want to come with us when we tell them the church services go for at least three hours. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you for that comment, Sue. You can make a comment at facebook.com forward slash vision radio or call now 1-800-316-316. That is one thing that the African believers are known for, uh, Ben. They uh, will sometimes have all-night prayer meetings. Yeah. Their worship services will go a lot longer than us here in Australia. Um, should we uh, be taking a leaf out of their book, maybe? Well, there's definitely something we can learn from all kinds of different cultures, and, and that is uh, it's a real community. Uh, you go in there and you, you're ready to spend half a day there. It's, uh, um, you know, you don't carve out an hour, and a, uh, hour, an hour and a half and then, you know, head off to the next event. Uh, yeah, you, you, you go in there and, you know, you start early and uh, it, it will go for hours. Um, <laughs> and it, it, is, uh, it, it is something uh, getting... Uh, that we have to get used to uh, mm. in the Western culture. But I guess once you're immersed in it, then it uh, time passes pretty quickly. Mm. And if people want to go on a trip with you guys, how do they uh, get involved? Yeah, well, there's a number of people who have been involved in, in mission journeys. Um, so uh, people who've got an African background in Australia who we've, we're connected with or um, pastors here who've um, actually lived over in Africa and brought their church across. Uh, there are a range of ways to be involved um, we like to, um, I guess, be uh, work with the teams in Africa on the mission. So work with them um, on going to door-to-door evangelism. So, so the way it would work is that on our website, we publish the mission dates. Um, we, if there's someone who is interested in or a church is interested in participating in a particular mission to get in touch with us, um, we would go through a you know, vetting process. Uh, and then if it all kind of works out, then yeah, in Africa that you would be ho- you would be housed with Africans, or you'd be in a hotel nearby, uh, and then getting involved with the activities, which involves preaching at schools, prisons, um, the leadership events I mentioned, or prayer breakfast. Um, there's logistical things that are involved. Um, it's really quite an amazing experience. Um, so yeah, it's just a matter of getting in touch with us and and seeing what's possible, what can be organised, and people can. Kind of- can, of course, go to the website africanenterprise.com.au if they'd like to uh, find out more information about these trips. Absolutely uh, love the idea of uh, you know preaching at schools and prisons. Uh, sounds like such uh, an important ministry. Uh, you can call through and join the conversation, 1-800-316-316. Who have we got there? Uh, Jacob. G'day, Jacob. What would you like to chat about? Oh, just uh, yeah, I've been over to Africa on several mission trips and that, and just the heart uh, of the people there. Uh, for their Christian um, way. Mm-hmm. I know that they have a lot of issues with um, witch doctors, things like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, last year I had the privilege of um, staying with the CEO of Christian Education in Africa. And, yeah, I was just blown away by the number of um, schools that they have through Africa, Christian schools. Mm, wonderful. Any, uh, what, what, which part of Africa were you in? Um, for the first two trips, I was over in Malawi, um, but I was in South Africa up near the Zimbabwe border last year. Mm, wonderful. Ben, any thoughts or comments on that? Yeah, that uh, Jacob, um, did, just another question for you, I guess. Uh, did you find that sort of Africa's got under your skin as a result of being there and, and experiencing that? Um, well, where we were was a fairly rural area. Yep. Um, we were actually doing maintenance work, repairing a community centre. Yeah. Uh, associated with the school and I mean the support we had from the locals um, yeah. Yeah. 
was fantastic. We all our teams were hosted by yeah. like South yeah. African um, people, and yeah. they looked after them and loved them. And yeah, I found that really good. I'm sure it's different in the cities, but where we were in a rural area of uh, North South Africa, it was a completely different situation. Yeah, that hospitality uh, that you speak about is is, is so. Uh, prevalent there, um, and there's a, a, a tremendous appreciation of the investment of skills like yourself, uh, Jacob. You know, uh, whether it be in construction or or teaching, uh, to make a difference there, because it can affect whole communities. Um, there's uh, the path that I mentioned about a little bit earlier in the program in South Sudan is looking to build a school. Um, there's a little bit of money that will go into that, but as a result of it, there'll be a hall, um, and the whole communicate the whole community will benefit because it will become a forum for where they can teach pastors the gospel as well. Uh, when I say teach pastors, there's a, there's a level of education that's very low um, there. A lot of people are only primary school educated and people have, they're very convicted, convicted by the Holy Spirit, but they don't necessarily know how to read, write, or um, fully read the Bible. So there's a lot of training that still needs to happen, even though people might call themselves pastors. Um, so that, yeah, that, that tremendous embracing um, of the community view, Jacob, that's very typical. Um, yep. It's just so wonderful here. You had that amazing experience. Amazed me when we were um, in uh, North Malawi and uh, we're walking into the local town, and uh, here's the local primary school sitting under a big mango tree, yeah. doing their yep. classes and that, sitting on the yep. dirt there. They yep. don't have much, but they cherish what they do have. So, yeah, and one of the organisations, well, that one was FCE, and they sort of uh, got uh, universities in. Zambia and that, and try and train up the local people as well. One of the things that I do find is that uh, that leaders in Africa, competent people in Africa, they often have, wear a number of hats. Uh, they might work for a range of different organisations. Could be uh, Bible Society, could be African Enterprise, it could be uh, university programs. Um, so there, um, the need for partnership is 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 so uh, so important. So. In a, in a mission that we'll do, we will combine with uh, evangelistic organisations that are already um, specialising in a particular area, so schools or universities. That just makes us all work together a lot better. You know, there's, there's an investment um, in schools to see everybody benefit. Um, and so there doesn't need to be a level of competition for the funding dollar, say, here in Australia. It can be channelled very well um, within Africa itself, and there's a lot more... Um, impact we have as a result of working in partnership. Yep, yep, it's good. Good on you, Jacob. Thanks so much for your call. Thanks, Matt. God bless. Bye then. And if you'd like to call through, phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316. We've got Daryl from Adelaide. How are you, mate? Oh, I'm all right, thank you. How can we help? Well, I just wanted to mention that I'm a member of a, uh, an African congregation here in Adelaide. Yeah. Where various members that come from various countries in Africa, including South Africa. And um, we currently have one particular member whom we shall call Andy. He goes over to Tanzania every now and then as a geologist and um, sorts out water issues in that particular country. Mm -hmm. My senior pastor has also uh, had some... Uh, preached in South Africa on a number of occasions and uh, the, uh, the congregation I'm involved in only been in existence for 16 years 
and yet I had to get used to these new Africans pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Daryl, it's great to, to hear uh, your, your comments. It's definitely, uh, uh, no doubt, uh, culturally uh, something to get used to, but you, you soon find that they're just like you and me and uh, they've got a great heart, uh, come from different cultural backgrounds, but it's a very easy to get along. Um, the, the water and sanitation is a huge issue in Africa. Uh, we had a, a wonderful supporter who decided um, through it was she, he was inspired by an older lady in the, in the congregation who put um, a lot of investment into water and decided with his business that he was going to um, use part of the proceeds from selling the business to put into a water well, uh, which he did in, in Zimbabwe. Um, and there was an immediate impact. I mean, the suffering drought at the moment. But the the water has actually um, saved lives, not just by people having access to water easily, but people often dig shallow wells uh, along the way to the borehole, which might take you know five or six kilometres, which is a lot of time out of your day. So they do shortcuts, dig a short, uh, shallow well, but then people might fall into it at night, and that's that's actually been devastating for communities as a result. Um, so being able to supply water is is brilliant, um, but also to use it as an evangelical tool. Um, and again, in Zimbabwe, even though it's a tax-deductible program, you might find with organisations such as us uh, to, to put into those sort of programs, following that process, um, you'll find that, um, that there's an opportunity to worship God for the incredible investment of supporters in Australia to make that actually happen. Uh, and it becomes yeah. an evangelical outreach tool. So the gift keeps giving in so many different ways. Yeah, no worries. So it's certainly um, good to, to see what is going on there. And over the last 16 years, we've been able to uh, find out um, what the different cultures are, etc. In any case, um, I'd like to say thank you for the session there. I've only just heard brief parts of it, but any right, um, I'll say good day. Thanks for your call, Daryl. No worries. God bless. And it's been so good to have you with us on the radio for the last hour or so, uh, Ben. Um, once again, if people want to find out more about African Enterprise... They can go to the website, africanenterprise.com.au. You guys are also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pokemon Go. You do all the social media, do you, mate? <laughs> yeah, we haven't chased the Pokemon. There's not an AE Pokemon around. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely Facebook and, and uh, Instagram, Matt. We love the work of uh, Vision Radio. I love your booklets uh, that come through uh, the daily prayer points. Uh, they're inspirational. Your CEO is amazing, Phil. Um, and, you know, you're just an absolute blessing to know the reach of the gospel through Vision Radio. And we've been delighted to be, you know, a partner with you in that and we'd love to see it grow. Love the fact that you put a highlight on, on Africa. It's it's not something that um, we hear very often. Um, we certainly hear it in, tend to hear it more in a negative light. But when you hear about the incredible, um, the witness of people, the Holy Spirit that, that uh, takes a hold of people in worship, um, the transforming effect it has on hundreds of thousands of people every year. Um, it's just great to put a bit of a focus on some of the positive things in Africa. And mm. so thanks, Matt, for your program and what you're doing. Good on you, Ben. Thanks for your time, mate. God bless. God bless you too. 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.